Okay, hi everybody. Welcome to another Prog Report podcast, uh, perhaps our last of 2018, which has been the year where we launched uh, the good portion of the podcast prior, of course, we did mostly interviews and things. So now we've come to uh, a, a way to wrap up and do a, a best of uh, 2018 uh, podcast. Um, hopefully you've caught up on some of the other ones. We, of course, had a really great one with a, a Top 5 Queen episode recently with Jeff Scott Soto, which we highly recommend. And Roy Stoll joined us for Top 5 Flower Kings. If you haven't checked out any back episodes, you can find them all on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, on the Prog Report website, etc. So what we decided to do is bring back uh, some of the uh, Prog Reporters, as we call them. If you've listened to the uh, recent uh, Prague fantasy draft that we did. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And we had uh, myself and four of the guys from the website that you've seen write reviews and take photos and all that kind of stuff. And they joined us. So we have Jeff, Nick, Victor, and Kyle, who are all back to join me on the yearly recap. Say hello, everybody. Hello, hello everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody from South Africa. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, again, we are from all corners of the planet, which is pretty cool. And uh, so what we decided to do is, is uh, a little bit different. So this isn't a traditional top five and we're not drafting or doing anything like that, but I didn't want to do a uh, best of podcast where it was just me talking about all the albums of the year. And so I thought I'd bring these guys in. And what we did was put together a master list of about 20, 25 albums that we all either reviewed or listened to or thought highly of and figured most people should know about. And, uh, then we divided uh, three for each of us, and we're just uh, going to go around in circles and talk about them and uh, explain why maybe these are albums you should know if you've missed them or not. And uh, of course, we invite you all to write uh, us uh, contact at progreport.com or write on Facebook or Twitter what your top five or ten albums of the year were and um, let us know where we got things wrong. Uh, so uh, I think what I want to do is uh, we'll start Jeff with you and why don't you give us the first album that you think we should talk about okay hi from Northern Ireland and I'm gonna try my best not to be the iconoclast that I was last time and <laughs> take my prog hammer to other people's choices uh, my first choice is the album by the band Dilemma Random Acts of Liberation and it's one that literally um, dropped through my letterbox a couple of weeks ago um, if you don't know the band, the people you might know in it are Deck Burke um, from Frost as vocals, Colin Legionar, who produces it and also plays drums, was in Neil Morse's European band for a while, um, Paul Crazy, Robin Z, and Eric Vanderbliss. And it's one of those albums, a bit like actually all the albums that I got allocated, where there's a whole variety of styles. I and mean, I think, you know, I chose the albums that, that sort of appeal to the sort of prog that I like. I like the variety, the quiet, the loud, the shreddy, all mixed into one, um, you know, album, but also have a really, an underlying bed of really strong songs and material. And, and that's one of those albums. It covers a whole range of things. It kicks off with a really great track, um, The Space Between the Waves, 
There are ballads like Ether and Wonder, uh, which has an amazing uh, guitar solo in it. And there's a 12-minute sort of multi-part epic, uh, The Inner Darkness, in the middle. Um, if ever there was a more uh, prog title track than The Inner yeah. Darkness, yeah. I think, and that's one. And, and even some kind of pop overtones as well. There, there's some of the songs like Amsterdam and Prodigal Son that are, that are just pretty straight rock songs. Um, and, and then there's some more stripped back acoustic stuff. Um, so if yeah, again, it's it's possibly one of the maybe lesser known albums that we're going to talk about, um, possibly because it's it's quite new, and possibly because the band aren't as well known. But I have really really enjoyed it with every additional listen. Yeah, I think uh, it's a good one to check out. I really like the opening track, Space Between the Waves. Um, that's that's a really good, surprisingly metal song by this band. I don't think it gives an exact uh, description of what the rest of the album is afterwards, necessarily. Because right after that is this song, Amsterdam, which sounds like some kind of pop 80s hair metal track or something. But but they, Jeff is right. It goes sort of all, all about the place. And um, Portnoy recommended this album a lot over the years so that may be you know if you're thinking my i've heard of this band before but i haven't checked it out i think he posted about it yeah i i had a listen to it and i think it's exceptional i agree with jeff um i've i've been a fan of colin leonard since uh, i saw him with the neil morse band at high voltage in london um and I had a chat to him there he really is a phenomenal drummer and a phenomenal person i didn't realize that his production chops were so strong though and his compositional chops it really is a very good album i agree with you all right great so uh moving on victor how about your uh, first album well uh the first album is from a band that uh you know a lot of people if uh, they weren't paying attention to the prog report um they may not necessarily tag this band as a as a progressive rock band um and it's uh it's it's umphreys mcgee um, I'm specifically talking about their album. It's not us. Uh, this is an album from the, uh, from the original, uh, originally at uh, South Bend band, uh, that they apparently took a bunch of songs that they jammed to over some time and then went into the studio and recorded something that just delivers in what they have, which is an incredible way of mastering all these different types of what we would consider different genres, um, including what we label as progressive rock. And uh, their album, uh, their album just has everything that you could imagine. Uh, you know, it, it'll, it'll have parts that sound like electric pop radio music, like singles. You, you have other songs that have sort of uh, thumping bass lines. Then you have playful songs like Whistle Kids. Um, some of the highlights of the album are and on a track like Remind Me, which starts off what you would think is your typical uh, Umphreys McGee jam. And somehow in their schizophrenic way, in the middle of it, 
it just kicks into this crazy, almost like nightmare to remember dream theater type progressive metal fast yeah. beat. Which That's the you, best song. That song is amazing. I, if, I always refer to that one. You know, for, for those of us that have seen them in concert, it, it's not unusual to see them break off into things that you wonder how they fit them in, like a white zombie song. Um, so when you hear this, it's weird to hear it in a studio format, but they pull it off really, really well. And it's something where it's a fun listen. Um, they did have a couple, uh, or they did have the, the other half of the album, which was more B-sides. And, but this particular album, I think, really just shows their versatility. It's very well produced. Their sound is familiar, but uh, they really keep you entertained. So it was a fun listen, and, uh, and that's, that's my pick for now. Yeah, that's one of my favorites of the year for sure, especially once I got, I think, remind me, is somewhere in the middle of the album. And once you get through to that song, it, if, if, you, if you're zoning out by the middle of that song, that song wakes you up. And it's uh, really, really cool. Something you don't hear a lot of bands able to do. Um, and then, you know, two songs later is this song with like horns, like something like Dave Matthews or something. Yeah, so. Speak, Speak Up is a really cool jazzy, really cool. song. Absolutely. Yeah, they're fun, man. And I keep, we, we talked about them on the uh, non-prog bands uh, podcast as well. Just a band that I keep um, trying to let make sure people that follow the website and listen to prog rock know about. I think they're just really, really unique and special. Um, they did the, the follow-up album, the one that came out just a few months later, was called It's You. So together, it's it's not us, it's you. And the um, that, that album's fine too as well. I think, like you're saying, It's Not Us is the better of the two but they typically put out the stuff that's always pretty good. I just I think it's cool that there's a band that has the following that they have in the jam world that can put music like this out. Um, and so whether it's all the band or some of the band has been influenced by Prague or continues to be influenced by Prague, it's cool to see that come out in the music they're making. So because there's a new audience that could find that and maybe connect the dots to uh, the music we love. Some of the stuff that is on our list, I mean, would not necessarily be traditional Prague with you know, long 20 minute songs and keyboard solos and stuff It Prague, the definition keeps changing. Um, I think as we'll see on, on the list. Uh, all right, Nick, what, what do you have? Okay. So I, I'd like to start off by saying that um, 2018 for me was a very good year in Prague. Not the best we've had in the last decade. I would say 
possibly 2017 would would qualify uh, as the as the top year. But this was a very interesting year. Let's start off with uh, my number three album choice, if you like. I know we're not we're not ranking them, but um, it's Manifesto of an Alchemist by Reinestolt's The Flower King. Now, right there, I just want to stop and say we have some unusual developments. <laughs> right. Not the Flower Kings. It's not Reinestolt's Roy solo. It's Reinestolt's The Flower King. So this immediately alerts your attention and makes you think, okay, well, this is something different. Is it the Flower Kings or isn't it? Uh, either way, as, as Royna said uh, when you interviewed him uh, for the Prog Report, Roy, uh, it really doesn't make any difference at the end of the day because it's the same person writing, producing, and leading the band. And um, apparently this decision as to how to name this album as Royna Stoltz, The Flower King, uh, was a label decision, a commercial decision. So fair enough. How does it rate musically? Well, people will be asking if they haven't heard it, is this a Flower Kings album or isn't it? Honestly, I don't have the answer to that. I can say partially it has similarities to the traditional Flower Kings sound that we all grew to love, those, those very lush harmonies and, and expansive melodies that Jeff referred to in his, in his review of the album. Um, so there is some of that, but there is also some very different sounding stuff. When, when have you last heard Carvel on a Flower Kings album, for example? I could be wrong, but um, not used in this particular way. So it's a kind of mixture of something new and traditional Flower Kings sound. Um, it certainly isn't Paradox Hotel or um, <laughs> any, any one of those albums. It's got a much raw edge to it. It's, it's uh, got a more immediacy to its sound. Um, I think Royna has even mentioned that the recording process here was quite quick um, and that he even used some of his demo guitar tracks for the final recording and even some of the keyboards. Um, so the result is overall extremely impressive, um, but there are certainly differing styles and a variation uh, of approach song by song. For, for me, the high points of the album are the songs High Road, Rio Grande, and Next to a Hurricane. Not necessarily the most proggy uh, compositions that, that Reiner has, has ever written, in particular Next to a Hurricane, but, but I really enjoyed those songs in particular. I enjoyed the whole album. I think it's very good. Uh, I, I don't think it's as good as the best Flower Kings, but I do think it's a step in the right direction in keeping, in keeping the Flower King name alive, as it were. When you wake up, you turn around, there's nothing. Yeah. 
Interestingly, the lineup, um, of course, includes the ubiquitous Jonas Rheingold, but <laughs> also, no doubt, as a result of the sea within, um, Marco Miniman appears on the album, uh, which I know Kyle and Jeff and Victor and probably yourself, Roy, have a lot uh, to comment on. He's a remarkable drummer. He's in about 10 well, bands now. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he, he's become the new Portnoy, I think, in many respects. He's one of the top three drummers in Prague today, I would say. And that certainly shines out in this album. I, I enjoyed this album. I love that song, Next to a Hurricane, was one that really stood out for me, too. It's a simple four-minute ballad, but it's brilliant. Um, well, they, they, they don't call him the magical musical genie from Sweden or whatever that epithet is for nothing. No, they, don't, they don't. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And a real kind of one of those albums that the more you listen to it, the more you get out of it. Cool. All right. Let's move on. Um, Kyle, you're next. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to do the one I want to talk about first. And uh, that's going to be We Came From Space While You Were Away. Uh, so I'm sure probably everyone's listening to that. Uh, it's a band that formed six years ago. I only heard about it this year, though. I, I missed their first release. And it's uh, high school friends, Bill Hubauer, who I'm sure all of us know from Neil Morse Band. Yep. And then it's uh, Dave, I think, Buzard. And they reconnected and they released an album called How to Be Human in 2013. And then this year, While You Were Away. Got to mention, too, really great rhythm section. A guy named Dave Hawk. So they got two Daves. Dave Hawk on bass and Tim Malone on drums. Both extremely proficient, really great stuff there. Um, and I'll be honest, since Bill joined Neil Morris and as he's gotten more of a chance to kind of spread his wings and do more on each album, uh, I've become a huge fan of his. So I think the songs that he writes, the songs that he sings on, his really high tenor is, is honestly, it becomes some of my favorite parts of each album that he's really been focused on. Um, and so there's classic prog on this album, but what I really like, I think Jeff said the same thing, is I like eclectic albums. I like albums that feature a lot of this and that and probably as much as any other album on this list this is an eclectic album and I think if you had a criticism it's maybe it goes too many different places um, but I'm a big fan of classic prog but also like late 70s early 80s pop and rock and there's tons of that here so you've got like on the title track we came from space there's like a sticks you know keyboard part that it feels you know completely pulled out of that era ELO on uh, vivid colors my favorite track, All Rights Reserved, uh, it's got this sort of police, Oingo Boingo, Elvis Costello kind of mesh thing going on. That's and then funny. Got, I, that's the one song I did. I, did well, I love it. Yeah, I love it. And that's I can see funny. why you wouldn't love it, but it's the one that like most connected with me because I love those bands. Police is one of my favorite bands. Um, and then you got something like Business as Usual that's like Deep Purple or something. It's just a straight ahead kind of rocker. Um, I actually messaged Bill when this album came out and it got a lot of good press. You know, Portnoy is very complimentary of it. Um, but I was just asking him about, you know, what was inspiration? He said this, I'm going to quote him. Uh, one of the goals when we started this band was to create albums that we would have bought in high school. For us, that was 1980. So we are specifically targeting those kind of bands, like the ones that I just mentioned. Um, so really great one there. Uh, for me, best tracks, if you're going to kind of pick it up and listen, because it is a long album. There's like 12 or 13 tracks. Yeah. The title track, We Came From Space, I think is probably the most quintessential prog one. For me, all rights reserved. If you're Roy, don't listen to that one. Uh, and then I really like Pieces of the Sky, just kind of like a, a nice laid back rock. That's rock the second track. track I would say also. Yeah. Piece of the Sky is great. Uh, yeah, you know what? That's an album that sounds like not one particular thing. You're right. I mean, we continue that trend with a lot of these albums that we're talking about where 
I think that's what all of us like in some of these prog bands is that they can do a lot of different things. And if you know Bill, I mean, he plays, what, nine or ten different instruments? He's, he's brilliant. And it's great to see a guy like that getting some attention. Of course, these albums, I think, are only available on download. And I remember hearing about the first one and um, buying it just before going on a train journey and having that uh, all too infrequent pleasure of having 50, 60 minutes to sit and do nothing and just listen to an album. And at the very start, I was kind of going, oh, uh, you know, I I wish Bill would sing more. But actually, as I, as I, as it, because for some reason in my head, I expected that Bill would kind of be the vocalist. But actually, what what that the first album showed and what this one I think really builds on is it's actually it's actually a band and once you get into the band and you know figure out the kind of different parts and different rules rather than just always kind of listening for Bill which is probably the reason I bought it um both of the albums are really really good and the songwriting and the styling is just yeah just really fun albums and uh yeah I I would I would Love to. Uh, we've always talked about seeing them as support band at Morse Fest. Um, I think it would be. That'd great. be great. That should happen. Awesome. That would be really. Uh, I mean, he has enough to play over over a whole weekend on that thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, the title track is just great. That alone yeah. is is really one of the one of the better tracks of the year for sure. So, all right, I'm up. When we were putting together the list of the albums for this year, when what I noticed was. Uh, uh, no big names really came out this year. This was a year void of Neil and Mike and Steven Wilson, and, you know, and, and all that stuff. And, and so I think it's, uh, it's interesting that it's all sort of different albums that we don't normally um, think of, but all really good things. Um, but one of my favorite uh, under uh, the radar sort of bands that uh, I like a lot and have learned to really like over the last many years is this band Gaspacho, who uh, from Norway, sort of this dark, uh, weird Radiohead influenced kind of prog. It's, it's not prog in the normal sense. They don't shred. They don't play a lot of solos. It's more atmospheric. It's more about creating this weird imagery and weird lyrics and you know they they have one album where it was uh, trying to destroy the universe they if everybody played the certain part of the album all at the same time on on the on earth it would destroy the universe or something and um so this this album um is another one that i really like and i think it's probably the most accessible album uh to date because a lot of their albums are very weird uh so it's called soyuz it's about a Russian spacecraft or something. I don't really pay much too much attention to the story behind a lot of it. But I really, really like it. Something about this band just, it, it, it fills a gap for me of stuff that's different. 
uh, it's not the normal kind of prog that we always listen to, like the Spock's Beard or the Hakens or, you know, the stuff influenced from Yes or Genesis. They have their own, maybe it's close to what Porcupine Tree was in the early days, would be a fair description. Radiohead's real avant-garde type of stuff. Um, I love the guy's voice. It's completely weird and different, but it sounds great. And he uses all these kind of weird piano sounds to create this effect. The song that I really like a lot from it is Hypomania, which is just a four minute for them, upbeat rock track, but has this tremendous chorus. Uh, another great song is Emperor Bespoke, which is another song that's really weird. And they got a long 13 minute epic called Soyuz Out. Um, I, I highly recommend this album. It's not for everybody, um, you know, for some people, they might listen to it and just be like, what? I don't get it. But uh, I think they're great. I like a lot of their albums. Um, so I'm really happy that they put another one out. And I think this this might be one of their better ones. So I recommend it. much Radiohead so if you're not into sort of the avant-garde discordant at times Radiohead sound if you don't like Tom York singing then don't listen to Gaspacho but if you do you're kind of willing to take that journey it's it's really good so I was listening to it in the car with my kids and uh, I don't know if they were digging it as much as I was but uh yeah, and not, you know what not, not a kid not for little kids sometimes <laughs> so it's all good yeah good I was listening to uh that hypomania song with somebody and and the first big you know the first part of it they were like what is this? This is terrible. But then as the song gets going and it picks up and the chorus is really cool, it sort of draws you in. I, I, they, they have that ability. The subject matter that they, that they you know, are inspired by is really odd when it comes to most of the bands that we listen to. So that's one of the, it kind of helps understand more of their style as to how unusual they are. It's an enjoyable listen, but uh, I'm with I'm with Kyle. If I put this on in the car with with my son, he'll be quick to dismiss it and not get it. Yeah. So it, it does does take a little bit more of a of a patient, mature listen. It's it's one of my favorite albums of the year for sure. And I'm actually excited because they're finally going to be on Cruise to the Edge coming up. So uh, a band I'm looking forward to seeing. I think they'll kind of fill the slot um, that Marillion is going to leave. Uh, by not being on the cruise this year, because it's uh, on one cursory listen, it's a little similar, similar to a lot of Marillion. Yeah, songs. they don't do a lot of up tempo, and you know they don't yeah. rock out. I suppose that's, that's is that is that where they got their band name from? There's a Merlion song called. Uh, yes, Dispatch. that that is actually yeah, yeah, that's right. Good call, Jeff. Um, Trivia. All right, let's circle back to Jeff, um, and uh, your next one. <laughs> okay. Okay, my next one. Um, so th this is Southern Empire. 
um, Civilization. So this is a band that I really only discovered this year. Um, I was a big fan of Unitopia, and then they uh, went their separate ways. And um, to be honest, I, I lost track of what they did next. I got the um, United Prog Fraternity album along the way, um, but was surprised to discover um, that there was a, a connected band. And so got their first album, um, and then a few months later, Civilization came along. And um, yeah, obviously Sean Timms, who ha is the, the Unitopia guy, um, very heavily involved in all aspects of the band with most of the band members sing and the vocalist Danny Lepresto is a really, really impressive vocalist. Um, being Prog, it's a four-track album with a two 10-minute tracks, a 20-minute one and a 30-minute one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, kicks off with a short track of 10 minutes long. Um, but again, one of those, you know, really a lot of what I've said before, very melodic, lots of stylistic variation um, and and an epic um, called The Crossroads, which I had heard before the album came out because they actually put it out on a, on a live album that came out between um, the two albums. So kind of part of the album I'd heard before, but the studio version of it is spectacular um you know eastern influences a whole mix of styles and sections an interesting a, a interesting thing i can't actually think really of any of any song that you, other song that you'd say this about but the united prog fraternity who were the the other band and um, that came out of unitopia they also had a version of some of the same stuff so it's kind of funny hearing things that are familiar but in a well, different context so that's kind of quite quite geeky and nerdy thing. <laughs> that song um, is almost the same really yeah it's... yeah um and you know uh, uh, you know uh, so this real um you know classic epic 30 minute track and then uh, a final track you know which is very acoustic and stripped back and lots of vocals um so again melodic great songwriting great range of styles um actually i'm pretty disappointed that just because of lots of other stuff going on they they are in the uk in a couple of weeks i'm probably not going to see them live um but i think it's a really really strong album Look, the only thing I'll say about Southern Empire is uh, it, it got a lot of attention. A lot of websites, a lot of reviewers seem to really like it. It's something that stood out for a lot of people. I'm one of those people. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think that Australians are not to be underestimated except on the rugby field. That's all I have to say. Yeah, well, well, yeah, let's not talk about rugby. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> Jeff, you are what, the is, king. what is what is rugby exactly? <laughs> it's a game that Ireland beat South Africa in very recently. It's a game. Uh, can I just say that it's it's perfect that Jeff got this album because the band actually misspelled the word civilization. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's a wonder that that got through the editing phase, but it's all good, I guess. 
Cool. Great. Moving along. Victor, your next one. So in the continued theme of, you know, having albums of bands that may not necessarily be labeled as prog, um, this is an album that uh, our friend Daniel wrote a review on for uh, for the Prog Report. He did an excellent job on that. Yay, Daniel. Yay. Who is somewhere somewhere near Nick, but uh, yeah. right now. Um, it's Kendo's album, Hap- uh, Happily However After. And this is an album that, uh, unless you're familiar with the band, it's difficult to describe. Um, if anybody, about the most popular band that I could uh, – say that they kind of have some sound similar to them. It's, it's a band called Dirty Loops. Uh, is anybody familiar with Dirty Loops? Yeah. Yeah, they got a lot, of, a lot of YouTube views, a lot of Facebook video views. Yeah. You know, really. it's, it's, it's a trio that's with, uh, with an incredible drummer, a great bass player, and a keyboardist that is out of this world, and the keyboardist sings, and he has amazing vocal melodies. Um, Kendo really has the combination of Latin percussion, brass uh the singer is just out of this world as far as the melodies that he hits joseph sicarioli it's a name that we need to we need to know because it's a lot of uh it's a lot of fun to listen to him just work his way through the album um you know human convection uh just has that sound with synthesizer bass with some really cool attacks catch the gleam just has a really cool vocal melody the second part of the song just takes the chorus in a whole new different direction, which is really cool. Um, and they just have an art of having a good style and just adding different layers to it. You listen to the album and they have that signature sound that you become familiar and comfortable with, but they really do take it in all sorts of different directions. They even have some parts with some really cool shredding solos and like a proggy rhythm background that just really satisfies that aspect of, uh, of the progressive in all of us um, being Puerto Rican. I really enjoy the Latin percussion side of things. There's even some parts that almost sound like Santana. So it's just a very interesting and entertaining album to listen to. So that's an album that snuck up on me and, and really surprised me a lot. I, you know, what's funny is a lot of times being us, us people that listen to Prague and, and think of Prague as uh, more complicated. We might come across a band like this has happened to me a few times where you come across a band like this, that, you think sounds poppy and uh, you show it to somebody and you could say, look, this is also kind of pop prog. You might like it. And it will still be very confusing and overcomplicated to them. And they'll be like, what are you insane? This is prog. It's horrible. And, and I feel like this band sort of falls into that category. They suck you into thinking maybe it's pop, but it by no means really is. Um, It just has a sort of a, layer of pop sort of over it um and it's not metal and it's not anything like that but it's really intricate complicated songwriting and the playing you can tell is top notch um and so i think it gives us prog fans a little bit of a different something to listen to that's not always aggressive it might might create for a lighter lighter listen on occasion but songwriting you know melodies everything harmonies it's 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 a fun album and i really enjoyed it like watches and weekdays just another invention
they they've been around for a while and yeah. actually their, their their own description is piano driven alt jazz with rock riffs pop vocals and latin and r&b music influence it's Sounds pretty much right. every everything <laughs> in a blender that's that's their description that i'm that i'm reading from from their interview so when i listened to that album i i thought to myself if sticks were to say to snarky puppy take our stuff and go crazy that would be the result yeah if you know what i'm mean. yeah excellent that's a, band band that's a good band comparison with snarky puppy a crazy fun album and abrogado daniel for bringing that into our world for sure yeah absolutely uh and uh yeah like human convention and catch the gleam i think are, are really good so uh okay moving on um nick um in keeping <laughs> with my theme of 2018 being unusual Something else unusual happened, which was the return of one of my favorite bands, Kino. Yeah. Um, not, not Kindo. No, not right. Kindo. Yeah, right. Well, Kino. Kindo to Kino. K-I-N-O. Uh, in my opinion, one of the best albums of 2018. Um, in fact, this is a bit of a prog rock supergroup. But again, uh, it's, it's an unusual occurrence that they released because their first debut album was released in 2005. The follow-up happened 13 years later in 2018. So just imagine that. Now, um, the original lineup was John Mitchell from It Bites and uh, Lonely Robot, um, the legendary Pete Wavis on bass from Marillion, mm -hmm. um, the, the great drummer Chris Maitland, uh, ex-Porcupine Tree, and uh, John Beck uh, from It Bites as well on, on keyboards. Uh, driven, of course, by John Mitchell, the legendary producer, great guitarist, fantastic vocalist. Kino was a side project in 2005. And, and it's one that many, many prog fans immediately fell in love with and were very disappointed when they couldn't get stock of the album and there was no follow-up. Uh, they didn't tour much. Uh, Trawavis wasn't available, um, and it kind of went away, and it became that rarity, that 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 rare gem that was likely to become a one-off only. Then, some 13 years later, the follow-up was released. It was, it's called Radio Voltaire. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's very prog, but very pop at the same time. It's very dedicated to de to delivering a hook uh, every. In just about every song, fewer epics. In fact, we were defining the word epic earlier. Um, fewer longer songs. It's broken up into shorter songs, but very complex, very catchy, very harmonic and melodious. Um, and in my opinion, an absolute gem. One of the top top releases of 2018. Um, if I were to pick favorite tracks off the album uh radio voltaire the title track the dead club which was released as as a single mm -hmm. idle wild which is a, a beautiful ballad um i won't break so easily anymore is probably the proggiest and uh, my favorite song on the album out of time a very close second gray shapes on concrete fields and then and then finally the silent fighter pilot which so the whole album then yeah, which ones do you not like? There are, there are 15 tracks. He doesn't like song you know? uh, eight, which is one minute and 49 seconds. Yeah, right, right. Um, 
it, the only the only change in lineup is is this time Craig Blundell was on drums, um, and I think that frankly added an extra spark to the to the album. It created a, a new freshness um, to the sound, with while still remaining dedicated to the original concept. It's an incredible album. I encourage everybody listening to this podcast to give it a listen from beginning to end. You will not be disappointed. What you believe is surrounding you with no relief. How can you be sure when reality is force fed through your door? members or in any other projects that demand their attention. Craig Bundell now touring with Stephen Wilson and then now going to move on to Steve Hackett. And uh, he's moving up the ladder in drummers that are in many bands list. And, uh, and of course, Pete is in Marillion and that's never going to become, you know, anything but his full-time thing. So, uh, you know, but Kino was, was, was great. I mean, that's, it falls into more of the traditional sounding, you know, eighties, nineties kind of prog. Um, John Mitchell has his unique sound, very lonely robot frost. It kind of falls in line with that, but another really good album. I, I like, uh, you know, title track and out of time are two of my favorites. So I think that's a, a great one and good to have that band back. John Mitchell is as busy as anybody all the time putting out stuff. So it was obvious to me as I listened to this album and sort of scratched my frost itch. So yeah, it, it's that you, it's that style of, of, is that, is that a condition? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you might want to have a doctor look at that. Right? <laughs> doctor? Uh, all right, Kyle, uh, moving yeah. on. What do you got? Yeah, I got the uh, Polish band Riverside with their album Wasteland. So this is their seventh studio album. It's their first without uh, Peter Grzynski, who I'm sure you're all familiar with, but he died tragically February 2016. And Peter was the one that really added a lot of the sounds and a lot of the soundscape nature to the album's. Um, and I'll say this in a bit, but I, I kind of feel like it's lost and it's missing on this album. But first time as a trio, so you've got Marius, uh, who's their bassist, but also really the, the core of the band, does the vocals. He also contributes the guitars here. Another Peter on drums and then Michael on keyboards and organ. Uh, it's a concept album, although I don't feel like it really delivers. You know, there's a lot of albums that say this is a concept album. I don't think it delivers on it exactly, but it's supposed to be set in a post-apocalyptic world. So I think along those lines, it's both, you know, from an emotional standpoint, it feels that way. And I think they're sort of mourning the loss of Peter with this album. Because of that, they stripped the instruments down, I think, intentionally to make it more Spartan. And I think that works to its benefit. But I think it also takes away from what's really great about Riverside. And I think they had reached this point of, I mean, uh, the album that was before this one, uh, Love, Fear and the Time Machine was, for me, my favorite album by them. 
and it's just a big expansive kind of Pink Floyd-y, uh, you know, acid trip kind of album. This one's the exact opposite. Uh, I'd say the one defining characteristic if you listen to this album is the low register vocals uh, that, that they use here. So songs like Guardian Angel, Wasteland, The Night Before, it sounds sort of like The National, if you're familiar with that band, or maybe some Roger Waters, Johnny Cash, Nick Cave, stuff like that. And so for me, it's, it's definitely not one of my favorite Riverside albums, but I think considering uh, what else is out there in 2018, I think it's a strong effort. I'm glad they're continuing on as a band. I think a lot of us assumed they'd probably quit. Um, but strong album. Uh, if you're listening for songs, the, uh, the lead single, Veil of Tears, is good, but really my favorite is Acid Rain, the second track. I think that's one to be playing for years to come. And then I like Wasteland. It's sort of like a Sergio Leone kind of like Western composed thing that, that I think works real well. I'm your life. I'm your pretending I'm the cause of your shame and anger I'm your crime swept under the carpet your vanity with all consequences living on the day Start a life in an uncertain place without the sun. Where are we now? Living in a fallen land with fallen minds. In an uncertain place without the sun. Where are we now? What have we done? Considering the circumstances to pull off something this substantial um, and pretty pretty darn solid was remarkable. You know, there was a lot of emotional weight going into making the album. And I think, I think they did uh, Grzynski, uh, uh, you know, justice with this album. The guitar playing is very stripped back, but there's some really nice moments. Uh, you do miss his playing on the album. He had a unique style that was specific to what they did. And that was what made the band work so well. But so I know, I know for them going in, probably figuring out how to fill his parts was, was a challenge. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I agree. I mean, acid rain is a, is a monster track. Yeah. Uh, really and one I, of my favorites. I'm, I understand why a band in that place wants to keep it to the three of them with the first recording that comes after just for emotional. I mean, they'd been together as a band for a long while. I think it's important to replace him uh, to kind of get back to that sort of sound. And maybe they don't, maybe they do. I don't know, but it'll be interesting to kind of track that. Well, Marius is one of these guys that isn't interested in repeating the same thing over and over again. The band's always evolved. Every album has sounded different than the one prior to it. And, um, you know, who knows what he'll do. Of course, he also has his side project, Lunatic Soul, which is very electronica and stuff. So he's, he's very diverse and uh, sort of one of these deep characters. So, um, but it's good to have Riverside back. And, and actually, they just announced that they're going to be touring the U.S. Uh, with a lot of dates, which is pretty exciting. So Awesome. And also doing Cruise to the Edge. So they're, you know, they're back at it, which is great. Um, and, uh, okay, so I'm going to go. Um, cool. I'm really excited because I get to talk about really one of my favorite albums of the year. I, I love this album so much. It, it's like in my... It is my 
second or third favorite album of the year easily, and that's the Subsignal album, La Muerta. I don't love the album title, but that's besides the point. I, I, I'll admit it. I mean, I know this is a band that's been around for a while. I had heard of the name. I had never really listened to them. It's just not a band that was on my radar. They don't really have much attention in the States at all that I am aware of. A German band, but uh, man, this album just kicks ass. It's really, really good. Uh, it's a mix of... Uh, I had a great description that I was thinking of. So you have like the 80s sound, which I like, which is sort of that um, Def Leppard, Foreigner type of big, big vocals, big drums type of sound that was around then, right? So you have that with some chunky guitars. And I like that sound. That's one type of sound that I really like. And then you have the Haken, you know, modern prog metal sound, which gets a little bit more progressive, intricate, double bass, stuff like that, still maintaining some harmonies and, and things. Subsignal is a complete middle of that to me, right? So they'll have a, a 80s kind of pop rock song with a lot of vocals and harmonies, and under it is a lot of chunk and double bass. So it's kind of a mix yep. of that, which yep. is a really cool blending for me that I, I really, really dig. And all the songs are good. And there's a, every now and then there's a song on that, that sounds like Sticks. Uh, you know, there's a song that sounds like 80s era Rush in there. There's a, definitely throwbacks to Asia for sure. Um, so, you know, it's a, I love that when you sort of stumble upon a band or an album that you had never heard of that you didn't anticipate checking out. Uh, this is one of those that continues to be in the top of my playlist. Um, really, except for maybe the last song, which is sort of this sort of weird ballad that is at the end that I don't completely love. Um, the rest of the album, I think, is just awesome. The passage is just tremendous. I really like this song called The Bells of Lioness. Uh, that might be my favorite just because of the middle uh, middle eight on the song, I think is just tremendous. So I, I, I would point to that as maybe not the progiest song on the album. In fact, it's definitely not. But just a song that I think epitomizes what I was talking about. It's like, it's like if Sticks had double bass and chunky guitars in it. <laughs> and so I really dig that. been a great evangelist for this album like, I remember you messaging me about it and uh, you know I heard the name Sub Signal you know and that to me sounded dark and you know 
yeah, electronic and whatever. And then La Muerta, I was like, oh my, this, you know, my prejudice is all kicked in. And, you know, but okay. And you were like, have you listened to that yet? And I was like, no, no. And, and, and I did with very different expectations of how it would sound. Really, really enjoyed it. And again, the Bells track for me was completely the standout one. Um, and I've 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 thoroughly enjoyed that over the summer. I think probably was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right, uh, Jeff, uh, your next one. Okay, the third round. And um, well, the the last time the five of us were gathered were, was to do a prog uh, band draft, and I think that um, the lineup of the Sea Within is something that perhaps could have come out of a of a different or perhaps some would say better band draft than, than what we came up with. Um, <laughs> obviously a, a real, um, or certainly better than I we came up with as most of you would say. I agree um, with that. Yeah. Oh, here uh, we go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, when I, when I want your comments, the last one. Okay. So the sea, yeah, the sea, the sea within, um, and you know, we've got Roy Nestol, Tom Brislin, who, uh, and, uh, in yes circles is uh you know really regarded as the keyboard player who kind of never was apart from one tour a lot of yes fans would have loved to have heard him in a recording context you have primarily daniel gildenlow jonas and marco miniman and again you know what can be said about marco he's he's amazing you know we don't we don't need to even make a statement on that he's just regarded as, <laughs> as being great um the really good thing back again about this album is that there's such variety you have a band here where all of them are are writers um you know and so you get this variety of styles i mean marco's i know that and i listened the other night to the interview that roy had did with marco and he said i'm not really a pro guy i'm more a kind of classic rock guy and his song is quite different you have Daniel Gildenlow singing some stuff you have casey mcpherson singing some stuff you have roina singing some stuff you have the different uh, writing styles, and again, just a whole variety of things. And actually, like one of the other releases, we're going to talk about a main disc and a and a bonus disc with four, uh, you know, four extra tracks on it. Um, and you know, to me, it, it it just proved to be a really great album. And you know, if you listen to it back to back to Royna Royna's own album, you know, it sounds so different, and it sounds so different again from the Anderson Stolt album that Royna did before I guess my when I heard the lineup I thought well is this just going to be Royna with some others but you can really tell it's a full kind of collaborative effort similar to something like Transatlantic and um, you know the not just because but the hiding of the truth a brilliant song with Casey on it and the the sort of centerpiece and masterpiece of the album Broken Chord is just a song that you know, took my breath away the first time I listened to it and just was one of those songs like I have to listen to this again. You know, that doesn't happen often. Quietly sitting here just waiting for the sun Waiting in that precious garden Quietly these clouds they gather randomly Reflecting in dark unknown waters Do you believe in me now? I'm shot down in the corner out of sight I lost my redeeming height I'm swaying in the longest goodbye 
first look at the lineup, you, you're like, How, this can't be bad, right? So with those collection of people. So right away that, that draws you in. I think that, um, I think it's a band that their second album, hopefully they, they do make one, will, will be better though. I think that they, the second disc, I, don't, I didn't think was necessary. I think they could have just kept it to one disc maybe edited out a couple of minutes here and there and then it would have been great i think i think they didn't really do a lot of editing on it um you know from a band they were it sounds like they're trying to figure out what the band's going to be throughout but there are some outstanding moments in it for sure i'm a little sad that it it seems daniel's out of the group now is that right or is that well yeah i think so and casey's going to be the the singer which which is fine. It's just he's amazing. So yeah, you hate to lose Daniel. Um, now I know Jeff said that we may not need a statement about Marco, but it's happening. Jeff, I'm sorry. <laughs> what, and the, the reason the statement that I want to make is is that I I'm, I'm calling 2018 the year of Marco Miniman. L- listen to everything that he was active with in in 2018. So he did the Sea Within. He's worked on In Continuum. He's worked on an album called Legacy Pilots that will be in my honorable mentions. He worked with uh, Ronnie Stolt. He's worked with an Indonesian guitarist named Dewa Bujana. He's worked on the Mute, the Mute Gods third album with Nick Beggs, Roger King. He's worked on Jordan Rudess's upcoming album. He's got his own solo album, and he's working with Alex Lifeson. This is in one year. He's yeah. also got the Aristocrats that's going on. So, I mean, is this guy, he's, he's, he's mental. I mean, he's, this is Mike Portnoy and beyond. He yeah, is so. not a sloth. No, he is not a sloth. So uh, more power to that guy. I love this guy. I think hiding of the truth was was probably my favorite um so i think it bodes well that casey's you know moving forward possibly the lead singer of the band full time and i think that he fit great with what they're doing so good for him i'd, I'd just like to give a brief brief shout out to tom brislin i'm very happy to see him being part of a super group like this i think that it, the recognition is long overdue yeah he's uh, again another talent right? i mean these guys are all floating around there that are just tremendous musicians one after the other. Um, all right, Victor, moving on, your last pick. My last pick. I uh, had the pleasure of uh, writing uh, the review for both of these albums now. Uh, it's between the Buried and Me's uh, Automata. They released it in two parts, part one and part two. Um, I'm cheating, Roy. I'm counting them together as one because it is yeah. one concept. Uh, they just really... Uh, interestingly enough, uh, when we did the, uh, we did one of the podcasts and Dan Briggs was, uh, the guest panelist with us. Um, and he spoke about, uh, Automata 2 before it had been released. And he was so excited about how that particular, uh, half was where they just went full on, uh, prog, um, you know, just really, really crazy parts that they were all excited about. And, um, and so you've got, uh, you know, for, for the fans of Between the Buried and Me, it's the best of both worlds. You do have some growling vocals. You have some great melodic vocals. Um, you have some great solos. The drumming is just absolutely incredible. It just all the guys really deliver in what is, you know, the most complete. Now, individually, they are short, each one. Together, they are perfect. Uh, I'm grateful that I'm now able to combine both of them and listen to it from beginning to end. And uh, oddly enough, their their story, unlike any other of their concepts, this story actually, the main character does not die. He actually survives. So it's kind of an, an uplifting ending. <laughs> yeah, well. it's uplifting. So, which is, which is kind of uh, odd for them, considering that 
what we've been accustomed to to getting from them is more of that cathartic release of uh, of the main character just ultimately falling. So um, some of the highlights, uh, you know, on, on the on the first part, uh, the, the opening track just really sets it for uh, for the whole thing. Um, but I think really um, the the second part, uh, the two songs that really stand out for me are the proverbial bellow and voice of trespass. Uh, both of those just really just encompass uh, just some really, really good uh, talent when it comes to the stuff that they compose. Um, their chops are just incredible and how they just are able to balance out between the really heavy, fast stuff and, and really throw in some tasteful, melodic, uh, melodic just chops. It's, it's great to listen to. Um, there, there's an album that I'm, you know, that it's coming down the pike here in, in this podcast uh, that if I had to pick my you know personal top between this or somebody like Haken, um, I, I would probably have to say one and one A. Please pick up. to me are oh an interesting band i i like a lot of what they do i don't always love every album that they put out just because of the intensity of the the growl vocals sometimes from album to album but I, these atomic albums were amazing especially for me part two is just brilliant the whole thing i love proverbial bellow uh the grid is an amazing track that that whole album the, that second part whatever you want to call it is uh is really really good and i agree it's it's one of the top things to come out this year and if you can put aside uh the growling which is minimal really compared to their regular usual releases um there's a lot of great musicianship and melodies and uh and singing and just interesting stuff um i thought it was tremendous really really good i highly recommend it i wish more people that listen to more uh of the general prog that we tend to review would check out more of what this band does. Cause I think they, they're right up there with everybody. Amen. Nick, you're yeah, well, I guess it's no surprise that um, my top album and genuinely my favorite album of 2018 is Foxbeard's noised floor. I really think it's an emphatic return to form for the band. Um, again, in keeping with the theme of unusual occurrences in 2018, this was also an unusual release in that it's the first time that Nick DeVirgilio has worked in studio with Ted Leonard. Um, that of itself is unusual. Um, naturally, I was predisposed to liking the album, but I was given the honor of writing the Prog Report review for this, and I really tried to be objective and not take a subjective view of this at all. I listened to the music for the music's sake, 
not because I loved the prospect of Nick DiVigilio working with Ted Leonard and the other guys and returning to the band, but simply for the music's sake. And on that basis, it is my top album of 2018. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. I think it's one of Spock's Beard's best releases. It harkens back to the days of Neil Morse without Neil Morse having written any of the tracks um, in many respects. And without copying themselves, they have simply revived that sound of their own accord. Um, I could go crazy, pardon, pardon the pun, in my, in my top choices <laughs> as to songs on the album. That's and I, I don't want you to attack me, Roy, but there's something about Have We All Gone Crazy Yet that just grabs me. For some reason, I just love that song. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> Great and, song. You should like it. I think that Somebody's Home is fantastic. I think that One So Wise is, is right up there. The entire album doesn't have a poor moment on it. It is, in fact, a double album. It's one of those releases with, with um, a, a secondary album with four tracks on it released as well. But it's all prog. And, and uh, you know, to me, it's a double, uh, double album release. There's not a weak moment on it. There are high points where um, so, uh, a performer like Ria Okamoto goes so crazy on, on the song Box of Spiders that your jaw literally, literally drops when you, when you listen to it. I, I mean, I'm so looking forward to seeing this done live. Well, this is really I, I his, this is his album more than yes. normal for the other guys. He really had a, yes. a bigger part in the writing and the production. Um, he oversaw a lot of it. Um, I mean, all the guys did, you know, not to, but normally Rio isn't in the front of, you know, the songwriting, that kind of thing. He really was for this album. Um, right, he, which he is stamped, great. He, he stamped his mark on, on on the album, which is not in any way to reduce the contribution of Alan or or, yeah. or Nick or, or Dave Meros, who is such an unsung hero um, in Prague. But the entire album, in 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 my opinion, is uh, really a plateau of excellence, and for me, without a doubt, the top album of 2018. was a huge fan of this album and somebody's home to me is one of their all-time great songs so i really enjoyed it i i think that um probably <laughs> there were some really really strong songs that i thoroughly stood out and some that just didn't necessarily click with me in in quite the same way um but you know very strong moments i remember the impact that this album was going to have on me when we did the original podcast with nick as far as we were breaking down the three eras of Ted Leonard and Nick was at the time already 
putting this album in the forefront of everything yeah. that they had done. So it was exciting to, to anticipate the coming of that album out because for, for Prognick to give it such a, such a high mark considering how big of a fan he's been of the band from the Neil Morse days, which they set the bar really high. So it's great to, it's great to have enjoyed that album. And yeah, it, it's, yeah, it, it I made think a good year. it's good for you to bring up that podcast. Cause that was a really fun one it was, and it's going back months now. So if anybody that just got on to the podcast, um, if you go circle back from earlier this year, there's some really great ones. We did one with, um, with Spox, where we, we go over the, the three different eras, and it's a lot of fun. So I recommend that one. Uh, so moving along, uh, Kyle. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the Pineapple Thief, Disillusion. Um, and so I would say that this is an album, if you like Porcupine Tree or you like Stephen Wilson, then you will probably like this. Uh, and I'm sure this band gets tired of those comparisons, but I don't know how else you... <laughs> listen to it and and not make those comparisons they seem very much there um and so i'm not as familiar with the pineapple thief but i picked this one up uh and it's really great like i really recommend listening to it uh it's been bruce i guess it's swords band uh since 1999 very prolific he's had 12 albums with this crew um but it reminds me of kind of porcupine tree how the band had been around for a while but to step it up they added gavin harrison so that's what's actually happened here and so he joined the band in 2016 on this album, he took more responsibility, actually got a co-writing credit. And I think he just sort of realized at a certain point, just like he joined Porcupine Tree in 2002, and it lifted them to sort of previously unmatched heights or unreached heights. Uh, the same is true of this band, I think. Um, and so I, there's something odd, like, like we didn't know this, but there's something special about a drummer like Gavin Harrison, not just in the way that he technically drums, but uh, in the way that he adds to the songwriting. Um, so obviously his drumming is stellar. Uh, the melodies are really great. They kind of stick with you. The mood is wonderful. The production is great. Um, if I were going to say anything negative about the album, I would just say that it does feel a little derivative. Um, maybe not the most original or even varied album. I do like eclectic albums. This kind of has the same mood throughout. Um, but man, it's a great one. So uh, if you've not listened to it, definitely pick up The Pineapple Thief. Uh, best songs for me, I think it turns out the three that sound most like Porcupine Tree, um, <laughs> which, you know, you know, so sue me, I guess, but try as I might threatening war, all that you've got, those are all excellent. And then there's this sort of like 11 minute mini epic called white mist that I really like. known about pineapple thief for years bruce swords is oh has always written some great songs magnolia is really good uh um what's that other one your wilderness uh their last album was was really good 
but they never for me had a full complete album that I liked from beginning to end uh, until this one. And uh, get man, Gavin is just one of those, one of those great drummers that not every drummer can do that. Enter into a band or take over a song and just put his imprint on it. You know, we talk about Portnoy being one of those guys, Neil Peart being one of those guys, Marco being one of those guys, but Gavin is right there and just a special, he, he, he's a songwriting drummer. Yeah, uh, you know, and and uh, I just right away you can tell it's him, and it makes such a difference in the music for me. Um, one of my absolute favorite albums of the year, and I kept going back to it. I think it's really just spectacular. It's just great, and the middles are where the middles of the songs are where he shines, and where the al- where the band changes. Because, like I said, Bruce Sword's always written a good chorus and melody in a song. But then there's, they were never aggressive enough. They were never, you know, and just the way In Absentia for Porcupine Tree got a little bit more rocking for that band. It's the same effect. So yep. I love that album. I think it's awesome. Um, I, I think I've, it's enjo- kind of I've enjoyed a lot all their albums. And, um, I mean, I particularly enjoyed Someone Here Is Missing when it came out. Yeah, I think um, that's a lot uh, older one that's considered one of their better yeah. ones. And I would agree. That's a, yeah, that's and a I think I think this one is, is, is you know, right up with, there with, the, with the best that I've heard of them. Yeah. Um, all right. So now we really come to the reason for the podcast, which is to celebrate the best album of the year. <laughs> we are not unanimous about this. <laughs> May I say. I pres- I but you- I will be... I will be um, measured and taciturn. Uh, I strategically during this discussion. I strategically positioned myself as being last on the podcast, so that we could end on this note. Um, all kidding aside, uh, uh, or maybe not. But um, my my last pick for uh, album is Haken's Vector, which personally for me is my album of the year. Uh, I think it's. Um, you know, maybe not for everybody, but uh, but for most people. Uh, look, I think this is one of the top, if not the top, I hate calling them new bands, young bands. They're not really that young or new anymore, but, you know, they keep growing in popularity and relevance and notoriety. They keep stretching what they're able to do. They no longer sound like a band that's trying to write prog songs or or take over uh you know dream theater's mantle they have absolutely their own unique sound on this album they they set out to do something with a purpose for i think their live shows and to try something else and they did it uh it's more aggressive it's more uh upfront it's more direct uh you know a lot of their big songs a lot of their more more popular songs are the longer songs that have a lot of parts that slow down in the middle that take, you know, that take a bit of listening to. And with this album, they don't do that. Um, they get to the point, but they still shred. It's still heavy. The production is worth, is almost like a, a member of this band for this album because it is so powerful uh, and just changes the game for, for how they sound and live. These songs just, I mean, take the band to another level. So um I, I can't, for me, I, I was blown away by this album. I think it's one of their best albums. Um, and I think that it's, uh, it's, it's definitely my favorite. I, I, I love the way it came out. And the instrumental, I have to note for the instrumental, Nil by Mouth, which I think just is just incredible. So 
uh, Haken Vector. If you haven't checked it out, I, I think you need to. Without a doubt, Ray's best drumming performance. Absolutely. Uh, continue to be super impressed with him, but I mean, in this album, it's just out of control. It's and the one that finally won me over, I gotta say. Um, lots of people like them. That's good. I, I get, I mean, I, yeah. Look, some know. people, I think, listen to this and were disappointed that it's not the more traditional prog direction that the band had gone, right? With the mountain, which is sort of a 70s influence general giant vocals all that kind of stuff some of the longer songs and that's not necessarily as present on this album but it's definitely still there uh to some degree but it is more aggressive the production plays a part in 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 the sound of the album making it a, a tad more metal than than something like the mountain was but um you know i just think they're a band that right now is at the top of their game I don't think they can do anything bad right now anyway. And, and, and look, coming from somebody that has seen Prague and had to deal with how under the radar it is here in America to see a band like Haken selling out clubs all over the States with people buying their shirts and filling, you know, decent sized clubs and really making a name um, is nothing uh, to uh, underestimate. It's a pretty big deal. I really, really, really like their t-shirts. <laughs> no, I do think, I mean, the point is, is that Haken is sort of an evolution of Prague as a genre. They have yeah. fans that are in their teenage years. And, and I mean, when I'm even in like the Haken uh, uh, Haven, like their little Facebook group, I feel like I don't get a lot of the jokes of the conversations. Like it is sort of like the next sort of step for progressive metal, let's say. So uh, I, it doesn't connect with me on the same level as a lot of the other albums on this list. It is not my favorite album by Haken. I really, really liked Affinity. But what you find is that among Haken fans, a lot of them think Affinity is their worst. And so I, I think it's a band that's making different albums that is evolving. And so maybe you don't like this one, but certainly there's a lot to love about it. And I think they'll continue to evolve and make great music. I mean, we were, we were on camera um, when we we're doing this. and I was waving around their live album. I actually really did enjoy the live album. Um, and I think because it has something that to me, that this album didn't have. To me, it kind of just sounded all the same and sort of washed over me a bit. Um, I think they've done a lot of quite different things over the course of the years, and the live set and that has that variety. Um, I think for me, this album just was it just kind of sounded like all one thing. But. I, not one song uh, 
had a bigger bigger effect on me just driving around and blasting as loud as hell as nil by mouth all year long i mean it just blew my brains out that song so when, i don't know something when you it. under when you understand the the task that those guys took on last year with portnoy to do you know all the stuff from from his uh from his scenes from a memory you know the shattered fortress uh, that's when they were writing stuff for this album. And you can clearly tell that they just had that, you know, prog metal full on uh, influence and inspiration. Um, I still think that, uh, you know, there are parts that I listen to and, and I, Jeff, I, I love you and I respect you. And I, and I so badly would love to sit down with you and, and, and pick the, the, the softest song on there and just say, what do you think of this? This is not, you know, does it, it doesn't meet your, 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 your bias or your expectation, but, um, you know, it's fair enough. Well, Something you know. for everyone on this, uh, on this list. Eh? I think, hey. we've, uh, yeah, we've definitely covered a lot. Um, all right. So let's really quickly talk about just some honorable mention ones that, that I had written down, um, that I think also were, were worthy, but you know, we just can't get to every album, but, um, uh, I want a, a tangent had a, a really great album with proxy um, perfect beings really unique album with veer um, very different and original uh, cool band um, Fernando Perdomo uh, instrumental guitarist uh, with um, Dave Kersner and now within continuum and has a bunch of songs did a really cool progs prog album where he instrumental sort of tributed in the in the style of his heroes like Peter Banks and Steve Howe and that kind of stuff called out to sea. Really good album. Tremendous, really, good. really well done. Uh, that's, that's just a few that I uh, think we're good. Oh, wait, I got to talk about Dominic um, with uh, Guy Manning's band, which is also in that world of Southern empire and uh, United progressive fraternity. There are second album in flight. Another absolute one of my favorites, uh, really cool world music meets Prague. He sounds like a, uh, Ian Anderson a little bit, um, but uh, just really great album that I would really check out. Yeah, I just yes. want to back you up on the on on the Dominic album. It it really blew me away. Um, it's something that uh, took me by surprise, quite honestly. And thanks to you for for that. I really enjoyed Dominic, and I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing more from them. Yeah, so a couple uh, Legacy Pilots, their debut, Conbrio. It's got Marco Miniman, Todd Sukerman, Steve Morse, Steve Rothery. It's a really good one to check out. I got to check that out. Yeah, sort of one of these sort of uh, – seems like there's a lot of albums being made these days where there's a core group that sort of write the music, but then they bring in these sort of all-stars to play. Uh, but this one's really good. I like I like the feel of it. Another one that's maybe not in your radar is uh, Perfect Circles, Eat the Elephant. I thought that was really good. That's sort of like – Prague adjacent but I thought that one was great and I would check that out for sure yeah a lot of people like that I'm, I'm always on the fence with them if they're a prog band sort of you know but I, I it feel the prog audience does like them so fair enough yeah the uh, prog police will get back with them and, and see but. <laughs> did anybody here listen to Ricard Shoblum's Gunfly uh, yes another great album by yeah. him uh, yeah. another worthy uh, addition to his I mean that guy's always putting out albums like crazy too and also busy with big big trains, so um, he's always a guy to keep uh, an eye on. When I was, I, I meant to mention in my See Within um, chat, uh, Casey McPherson's uh, Casey Sessions album, which has just come out. I've been a member of his kind of 
uh, the, the, the kind of club that has got that album over the last 12 months. And there's some really, if we talk about progressive music being in terms of eclectic styles and um, stuff, uh, it's, it's a really great album. Uh, and amongst the standouts in the year, live albums, great live albums from Stephen Wilson, um, from Big Week Train, Merchants of Light, and the um, Wars Fest 2017, just just heading out there. Um, you know, really, really high quality um, live albums. Yeah, three really, really great live albums for sure. Well, we could have a whole different podcast about live albums. That's a whole other one that we will do eventually. <laughs> okay, well, uh, everybody, if we don't uh, put out another podcast before the end of the year, or, we, you know, uh, hopefully there's plenty of stuff for everybody to listen to, and you have now your share of albums that uh, we deem worthy and uh, that you should Mostly. check out. Uh, <laughs> really great stuff i mean look for some for people who say Prague is dead honestly just this list alone for a year where it's not the big names it's pretty amazing that you can have a year like this where uh to have a a lot of these newer bands put out really great stuff is is you know bodes well i think it's it's a good sign okay well everybody if we don't get to speak again have a great Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year, great festive season. Enjoy, yeah. relax, and thank you for a great 2018. All right, everyone. Thanks again. Nice Talk one, guys. guys. Thank you for all the support for Prog Report. Yay. Bye. 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 Bye.